Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb at Midday Show. This show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, leaders in business. My name is Raik Vanika. It's a relatively quiet day, uh, although we are seeing a slightly weaker rand, which uh, is of course assisting the JSC. We also saw a nice bounce in the platinum price, which of course is desperately needed. Uh, Sasol also issued an interesting trading update in which it says, amongst other things, that its operations were severely disrupted by unscheduled power cut from Eskom. Uh, it would be interested, interesting to see what the magnitude of those uh, disruptions were. The uh, Steinhoff has also signed the debt lockout agreement yesterday with several major creditors. The price uh, jumped by 12% yesterday, although it is trading uh, slightly down today, but basically flat. And I'll speak to Pietri Riedlingheis of Herenia Capital Advisors in a minute uh, about these and other stories. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JSE is currently trading uh, 0.9% higher at 56,787 points. The resources uh, are down 0.1%, industrials uh, up 1.4% while financials uh, are trading 1% higher. On international markets, the FTSE 100 is uh, trading 0.1% higher, the DAX as well 0.08%, the CAC 40 down 0.07%, so pretty flat in Europe. Earlier in uh, Southeast Asia, the Nikkei dropped by a third of a percent, Shanghai had a nice bounce up 1.85%, while the Hang Seng also gained three quarters of a percent. Let's look at some shares uh, that are on the move today. On the upside, Sabanya has gained 3.4%, Mediclinic up 3%, Angoplat also uh, up 3%, as is Discovery trading 3% higher. Uh, British American Tobacco uh, has gained 2.9%, Diskim up 27 and Goldfields up 22 On the downside, South 32 down 3.6%, Exaro down 2.8%, Kumba Iron Ore down another 2.2%, Asor is also trading 2% lower. The Rand is currently trading at 13 Rand 45 against the dollar, 17 Rand 52 against the pound, and 15 Rand 69 against the euro. The dollar is trading at 112 yen, the euro is trading at $1.16, and the pound at $1.30. Bitcoin is trading at $7,452 or $103,712. Rand. Gold is trading at $1,224.97 US cents. Uh, platinum uh, saw a nice bounce up nearly 2% at $819.31. Brent crude is uh, trading at $73.14 US cents. And on a capital market, the R186 stands at 8.74%. On the line is Pietri Rierlingheis of Irenia Capital Advisors. Uh, Pietri, a quiet day, but. Uh, you know, nice, nice bounce of around one percent for the JSE before lunch on a Friday. Yeah, good afternoon, good afternoon, Rick. Um, yeah, I mean, what we're up six hundred and fifty, almost six hundred and sixty points in the top forty index. So that's one point three percent up, which is power. Rand fighting back a little bit. We lost two percent versus the dollar yesterday. We're about seventy-five basis points stronger now. So back under that thirteen fifty level, we were trading thirteen fifty-five at around nine o'clock this morning. So uh, it's actually going pretty well, I'd say. But as you say, volume, I mean, it's quiet. Six billion traded and it's lunchtime. Uh, <laughs> so it's a very, very quiet, uh, very, very quiet day. But that, but that has been a theme for this whole week and probably uh, for longer than that, that 
the volumes are really significantly lower than the average, which is around 20, 20 billion a day. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at what it was three three years ago, we were doing about 30 plus a day. Um, so that's come down to the 20s uh, last year. And now, you know, if we reach 20 for the day, it's been a good day. It's just getting lower and lower and lower. Um, I think it's attributable to three things, really. Uh, one is there is uncertainty around uh, land reform. So, you know, external international investors can't really make decisions based you know, on whether or not they want to, uh, you know, what they're going to do because they just don't know. So I think until we have uh, clarity around what's going to happen around, around land reform, and at this point they can say anything as long as we know what's going to happen, uh, I think we'll see a, a, an improvement in volume. Um, simply because then, you know, long-term offshore investors can make decisions again and uh, uh, make a commitment as to what they're going to do with their investments and or shares that they own here. Uh, the second one uh, is that um, there's a bit of a liquidity is being taken out of the market. We've seen that the U.S. is, uh, you know, they've tapered um, their quantitative easing program, they've brought it to a stop, and they've actually started selling some of the bonds that they bought during the QE program, um, which is, in essence is removing some of that additional liquidity that they injected into the market during and, you know, much after the 2008-2009 financial crisis. We've also seen the European Central Bank uh, tapering down their asset purchase program. They've also said that they essentially want to be finished buying asset, uh, assets or bonds by the end of this year and that they foresee a very strong likelihood of interest rate hikes in Europe um, in, the, uh, you know, in the new year, next year. So that sort of is following the foot, following in the footsteps of the U.S. because they're obviously now in a tightening cycle as well, uh, which does remove excess liquidity. Now, a lot of that additional liquidity that they created or injected into the market during uh, the quantitative easing programs um, found its way to emerging markets because you could get crazy good yield here, six, seven percent, while you were lending money for you know half a percent uh, in the developed world. So that carry trade. Um, is potentially unwinding as we see tighter monetary policy from uh, you know the ECB as well as the Fed, um, which could be a part of the reason why there's lack of liquidity in in South Africa. Um, would um, would a lower volumes uh, you know probably flowing from the reasons you've just given would that affect share prices? Absolutely. Um, the, the reason why is because you know basically what the market tends to do during. Um, you know, any any given sort of period is to establish a fair price, right? So you have two opposing forces, supply and demand, people wanting to buy shares, people wanting to sell shares. And when those two forces uh, interact with each other, that is how a price is determined on, on, the, on the market because there's, you know, a number of shares or volume being traded on, on either end of the equation. When that volume dries up, you have situations where the other day on Woolworths there was a, for the first sort of 20, 30 minutes of the day, there's a 50 cent spread or 50 cent difference between the bid price and the offer price. So share prices essentially move on very little transactions taking place or very low volume and can move really big in terms of percentage. So you have massive swings in, in uh, share prices and lots of volatility, but on very low volume. So um, it becomes really difficult to uh, to get in and out of position. So I, I wrote a blog thing last night, and I, I used the example: if you're uh, if you are long of or you own four thousand Woolworths shares and you want to sell them, um, 
the spread is 50 cents, plus there's you know hardly any volume on the bid. So you've got to almost push the share price down 80 cents to sell 4,000 shares. Mm. And that's not a lot, you know. So um, that little bit of uh, that little bit of volume can move the share price 80 cents. It's like almost a percent, if not yeah. more. Mm. You know, so um, that does definitely impact share prices. And I think you know we've seen the market essentially, if you look at the top 40 index, trade sideways since February. That's almost six months now that we've been trading in a range. It's a big range. It's a six and a half percent range or six point eight percent range, three thousand points. But it's not making any progress. It's not picking a direction. And that's because we have this low liquidity environment that's really volatile and difficult to trade. Yeah. Let's uh, look at some of the uh, corporate announcements out. Sasol issued a trading update, not a very positive one. It expects uh, its uh, EBITDA to increase between 6 and 16% for its year until the end of June. Um, HEPs to be down beti- between 1 and 11% um, due to some expense charges relating to a share scheme and a RAND uh, currency loss. But, uh, Pietri, interestingly, it it's pretty, uh, states uh, pretty uh, high up in its statement that it, uh, power outages or unplanned supply interruptions, as they call it, from Eskom may have hit their sales volumes by as much as 1%. Yeah, so the, the um, production volumes at the Secunda Finfields uh, plant um, was down by 3%, and this is attributable to uh, what they say 1% of that reduction is due to power interruption from ESCOM, and 2% of that is due to internal outages, which is probably a knock-on effect from power outages from ESCOM, right? Um, So it does have an impact, but at least it's not as bad as, uh, you know, it's not down 15%. 3% is still manageable. Um, So it's not too bad. It was was a bit of a confusing uh, statement because you have this, um, uh, you know, headline earnings per share number coming down between 1% and 11%, which on the surface looks really bad, but uh, earnings before income uh, income tax, DM, uh, uh, or EBITDA, let me just put it that way, uh, being up relatively well, almost 16% at the higher end of the range. So um, the results are actually good. It's just a one-source, the share, the share scheme that they, uh, that they did, uh, as well as a bit of a currency loss, which is not the worst thing in the world. Um, that, is, that impacted their earnings. So the share is actually trading us. It's trading at about 502 rand. Uh, at the moment. So it was a bit of a head scratcher this morning because you didn't really know which way it was going to go uh, and how the market was going to read it. But I think that we often get caught up in the reading the headline number, um, the headline earnings per share number, when in fact, uh, you know, those are a lot more volatile than things like EBITDA. Yeah, the share price up nearly 18% since the beginning of the year and some uh, interesting prospects uh, for Sassel. Uh, Steinoff, um, it shook hands with uh, major creditors yesterday. There will be a lock-up period for around three years. Uh, it was well received. The share price jumped and there seems to be some consensus or some views that this may actually rescue the company. Today it's trading flat. What uh, are your views? Uh, so in the last what, not even, like, no, I suppose, 20 minutes. The share price has actually come off a little bit. It's currently down 6.2%. Uh, so giving up some of those gains it made yesterday. Um, they put out another statement today, basically just reiterating what they said yesterday. So I think that maybe um, perhaps it got a little overextended yesterday, a bit too excited, um, and uh, it's giving up some, some gains today. However, um, from the perspective, you know, looking from the perspective of is this company going to survive, really? Um, 
starting to look more and more like the pieces of the puzzle that they need to to build are falling into place for the company to actually make it. If creditors are on board, uh, then that's obviously a good sign. I think the next big, really, really big thing is going to be the outcome of the forensic audit that we will see in, uh, they said December, I think, um, or end of the year, that we have a look at what the, the auditors now say about their historic um, you know, you know, results over the last five to seven years uh, to see exactly how deep the rabbit hole goes. A couple of things that's been falling in place. We have a, uh, we know how much they're writing down, 198 billion or whatever the case is. Um, 195, I'm not exactly sure what the number is, but it's it's big. Um, so we know we've now quantified what the damage is. The only thing that really uh, stands in its way now is, um, you know, the potential for for lawsuits um, that we don't yet know how those are going to turn out. And also, of course, um, if anything comes out in the historic financial statement that is a, is a, you know, creates a problem or makes the whole as such bigger, then there could be a, a few issues there. But I think from now it looks as if it's in a good space. Just lastly, the platinum price saw a little uh, jump this morning, up nearly twenty dollars to eight hundred and twenty-one dollars uh, an ounce. Uh, we desperately need uh, a stronger uh, platinum price. Uh, wh- why? What? To what can we attribute this? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not really too sure what uh, what the bounce in the platinum price is is all about. Really, um, I see at the moment it's still up very very strongly, as well as oil. Um, but I, I haven't really spotted a, a catalyst as such for uh, for that move in the platinum price. I think uh, you know this almost comes to the third point why uh, you know markets have been really tough and sideways and illiquid for us is because the trade war is creating a lot of uncertainty and has put pressure on commodity prices. So perhaps there was some sort of a development there that I've that I've missed that I haven't seen uh, that's put a bit of a rally in the in the commodity prices, yeah, uh, especially that of steel and, and oil. Palladium also nearly 3% higher. Just lastly, we're going to see some fireworks over the weekend. And on Monday, tomorrow, the disciplinary hearing of Tomoyani from SAR starts. Uh, that will be interesting. And on Monday, we'll see Eskom results. Um, and I think all eyes would be on the line fruitless and wasteful expenditure. Uh, you know, it's just a synonym <laughs> for state capture uh, expenses. Uh, you know, that, that may uh, shake uh, up the corporate environment, uh, especially the political infighting at SARS. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that type of news, uh, obviously, is going to create a lot of sensitivity in the RAND. So I think that on Monday, eyes need to be on the RAND. And depending on what the RAND does, we can take direction in things like the retailers and the banks. Um, off the back of that, because we know that those two sectors are generally, um, you know, where most of the offshore investment takes place. So any sort of big movements in the RAND affects those two sectors generally the most. Um, so that would be sort of where my attention is. But um, yeah, it would be interesting to see exactly what's going on at ESCOM at this stage, and uh, um, also what the outcome is going to be of the disciplinary hearing from uh, from SARS. So I don't know. These things are sort of those geopolitical risk stuff. So uh, the, the things to watch there would be the currency and the bond market. Uh, they would give us then a lead on uh, what we, you know, what's going to happen essentially to equities. Thank you, Petri. That was uh, Petri Rielingais from Herenia Capital. And unfortunately, this is all we have time for today. This show was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, Leaders in Business. And that's it for this Friday edition of the MoneyWeb Admiral Show. My name is Raik van Ikerk, and thanks for tuning in. Numbers rule the world. 
Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. 